0: Hello everyone, welcome and or welcome back to I've Been Meaning to Watch That, I am your one and only host Monica, and today we're going to be talking about You Season 2 on Netflix. You Season 2 on Netflix is a lot better than Season 1, honestly, and that might be because Season 1 was on Lifetime, but Season 2 allows Netflix to kind of flex its muscles a little bit to make you a bit more interesting and a bit more dramatic and a lot more gory, as you can see. So, You Season 2 starts out with Joe moving to L.A. And the reason why he's moving to L.A. is because Candace has come back. Now, Candace, we knew her from Season 1. She was more of a footnote in Joe's story to kind of warn the viewer that Joe is not all that he seems, and that he had a previous relationship before he met Beck, and that that previous relationship was not as great as... Joe pretends it was as there were, as there was Madison, who is Candace's friend, who is suspicious of Joe. And there's also Karen, who is Joe's rebound after he broke up with Beck in season one, who warns Beck about Joe because of Candace. And now we learn that Candace is alive, even though we have been led to believe that she is dead. And Candace is alive, but she wants to get revenge on Joe. So Joe decides to run away to LA because he thinks that is the one place that Candace would not look for him there. And he goes to LA and he hates it there because it is a place where everyone is too into themselves that they cannot connect with anyone else. He talks about how love is not for him, and how he tried to find love again with Beck, and he won her the old fashioned way, and he would do anything for love, and he did whatever he had to do, whatever it took but Beck didn't trust him, and he talked about how love made him blind and turned into poison. Of course, this is this inner monologue of him trying to protect himself from actually thinking about how he hurt Beck, and how he took her own life. And he didn't win Beck the old-fashioned way. He stalked her, and he found out where he lived, and he watched her, and then he killed her on-again-off-again boyfriend, Benji, and then he killed her best friend, Peach, so that she would only rely on him and tr- and just want to be with him and only him. And he talks about how love made him blind and turned into poison. When love dies, it really hurts. And love didn't die in his relationship with him and Beck. I mean, sure, they broke up and Beck cheated on him with her therapist. But that doesn't mean love died. Because it wasn't like he was this perfect guy. Of course to Beck... He was the perfect guy, but we know as the audience that Joe was someone who was manipulative and possessive and very obsessive over Beck and her life and wanted to control everything around her so that she would be focused on only him and nobody else. He talks about how love has taken him to dark places and he feels like LA is a fresh start. Of course, in the first episode, we see Joe trying to make a new start in Los Angeles. He gets a new job at a place called Inovren, where he's working in the bookstore section. And he meets this girl when she's buying peaches. And they automatically start talking to each other. And they make conversation and everything. And he thinks that this girl may be the one. But he doesn't want to give himself to this new girl he's found and we find out this girl's name is Love Quinn and Love Quinn is the kitchen manager at Anavarin and she, her parents own Anavarin and she's the sibling of the manager of Anavarin, Forty. Forty is a guy who is like the douchey white guy who used to be famous and he's always in people's business and he's always saying slightly problematic stuff. But, um, I have to say, the first episode kind of tries to draw you in and make you believe that Joe has changed and that he's different, but he go- to continually goes by the name of Will. And if you know by trying to get an apartment, it's hard to get an apartment under a fake name unless you have ID and a social security number and all that stuff that allows you to get an apartment. We soon find out at the end of this episode one that... Joe is not someone who has changed because he has some random guy locked in the glass cage from season 1 in a storage unit. And this is when I knew that from the beginning, Joe is not trying to be any different. Joe is still the same guy he was in season 1 only he lives in Los Angeles. Because if you're trying to be different, if you're trying to change, if you're trying to be a new person, why would you take the same glass cage where you killed two people in and carry it with you, or try to ship it with you all the way across the country to have it in some storage unit because you see some use for it, you know that you need it you know that you have a purpose for that and if you have the same purpose you had for it earlier in your life, then you obviously are not changing, you're still that same person you're just lying to yourself that you are and I have to say this season was really good and I mainly was excited for the season because of Candace. I was really glad that she was alive and I feel like season 1 we spent a lot of time in Will's head and I feel like season 1 spent a lot of time trying to not romanticize Will but show all the aspects of him and I think that season 2 did a better job of showing um, how even though Will is trying to change, he can't really change because I feel like it's more in his nature of who he is and how he was raised, that he's like this. There are a lot of flashbacks to him when he's younger, and we see him and his mother don't have the best relationship, his father is abusive, his mom looks for love in the arms of random men, and Will is oftentimes left behind, and we see these in the flashbacks to the point where Will kills his abusive father, and his mother is upset by it because she thought that... A son needed to have a father, despite the fact that the father is not the best father. And um, we see that Will was raised in a boy's home, which kept him starved from uh, female love, I guess. And it's good to have this backstory into who Will is, but it's also great that we got to see into Candace a little bit. And there's an episode where we go to Candace's point of view, and we see from that night where Will killed Candace, basically, or when he thought he killed Candace. It was after he had thrown her producer, Elijah, off the roof. remember Elijah, you know, when um, Joe and... I kept saying Will. I don't mean to say Will, I'm sorry. When Joe and Candace were dating... Candace was a singer, and she had a producer named Elijah, and she admitted to cheating on Joe with Elijah. So Joe threw Elijah over a building, and then he tied up Candace, and I assume knocked her out, threw her in the back of a van, and took her to the woods in the middle of nowhere, and he said that they were going on a picnic. But of course it's hard to believe that you're going on a picnic with a guy when he throws you in the back of a van, and your wrists are tied up and your legs are tied up and there's duct tape over your face and you put a bag over your head and it's dark and it's you're in the middle of the woods in the middle of nowhere and it's obviously not a picnic it's something he's obviously trying to like kill you so Candace in this situation runs away Will runs after her she trips and falls and he bangs her head against a log and he thinks that she's dead so he buries her but Candace wasn't dead she was able to crawl off the ground on her own and she went to the police to report it and the police officer basically told Candace that nothing would happen from this and she wouldn't get the revenge she wanted and that Candace should basically get off the grid and run away and just, you know, move on. But Candace was going to do that. She was thinking of leaving and then she saw Beck's book and she realized that Joe had fixated himself on somebody else but this time he actually killed someone and so she knew that she had to come back and stop him from hurting anyone else because he is dangerous because he is someone who should not be around other people and he is someone who's unhinged and she had to stop him and I'm glad that Candace is back is in this season so that we can see a victim of Joe's abuse and how he has hurt them And how he has traumatized them. And how she she literally had to build herself up. So that she could try and get revenge on him. Because she can't bring herself to kill him. Because she doesn't want to. Because in some part in her heart of hearts. She loved him. and She cared about him. And she's hurt that he would hurt her. And abandon her. And treat her in the way that he did. That night in the woods. And she wants him to feel the same pain as he does, because she is afraid that he is going to hurt his new girlfriend, Love. But here's the thing about Love, is that Love is not who we think she is. And I of course was duped into thinking that Love was just this normal girl, you know, she was this sweet girl, you know, we don't suspect anything of her, but all this time, Love was a lot like Joe, and we didn't see this, but Love was always like Joe. there's a scene where, um, let's reference back to the guy in the cage. So Will has, not Will, Joe. Joe has this guy in his glass cage. His name is Will, Will Betelheim. and he found this guy off of Craigslist because he was looking for a new identity. And basically Joe hit him over the head with a rock so that he could take his identity and just pretend to be him. But what Joe didn't anticipate was that Will owed people a lot of money. And so, Joe is trying to pay off Will's debts, but at some point, the guy who's coming to collect Will's debts sees that Joe has him in a glass cage and judges him for the glass cage and says that, you know, you have some serious mental problems, my guy. And I found that hilarious because this guy, in the early, earlier in the episode, literally cut off his pinky, so I thought that was kind of funny. So, Joe kills the guy who's trying to collect Will's debt, and then he takes him back to an and hides the cameras, and starts dis- breaking his body apart, basically, and dumps his d- different body parts in different dumpsters around town. And the interesting thing about this scene was that when Will is, like, kind of dissecting this guy who's sort of a debt collector, um, we see another scene paralleled with Love cutting a chicken and slicing something and breaking it apart to kind of show us that Will and Love are a lot alike. And I think that there were a lot of hints even before the show started. Like for the season 2 poster it said, he will meet his ma- match or you will meet your match. Which obviously hinted, us, hinted to us that Love Quinn is a lot like Joe. And we learned that Love cleansed a lot like Joe because when Forty was pretty young, um, he had this tutor who was a lot older than him, not a lot older than him, but I think Forty was like 13 and the tutor was like 21. And Forty and the tutor had a relationship. And Love saw that Forty was being taken advantage of. And how Love told the story to Will was that Forty killed the girl and that their parents covered it up. But what actually happened was that Love killed this girl, and Forty didn't know. And Forty thought that it was him, because Love knocked him out before she killed this girl. And Love did it, obviously, because she was trying to protect her brother, but also so that her brother would be more dependent on her. And you can see that Love and Forty have this very codependent relationship, and it's heartwarming at times, but sometimes it's really sad, because... is someone who struggles with addiction and he's obviously someone who has this repeated cycle of trying to gain his parents approval and affection and when he doesn't gain that he turns to drugs so that he can feel something inside of himself and Love knows this like to the T she knows his routine to a T so she knows that she always has to be there to protect him to support him to try and save him from himself but at some point like There has to be, like, when you're dealing with someone that's so-called dependent on you, you have to, like, be like, okay, you gotta buck up and do things for yourself and, like, you know, be your own person. And I think that Love liked the fact that Forty was dependent on her. And we also learned that in Love's past, she had a husband, James, who is like, the only... (laughs) Who was deaf and Asian? Which like I appreciate the diversity in the show, but he's a dead guy and we only see him in flashbacks. So like, I mean, two stars in diversity diversity, I guess. But um, Love has his husband James, and James and James and Love are in love, and Love wants a child, and James does not want a child. He does not want a kid, and so James mysteriously dies. You know, people don't say how he died, they just say he got sick and that he passed away. And now I think that we are led to believe that love possibly poisoned her husband because she is a chef, she wouldn't know how to do that, she would know how to poison him. And it's really sad and heartbreaking, but like she's so dark and complex. And she talks about how um, in the first episode Love automatically attaches herself to Will like Will who is actually Joe Joe gets a sunburn in the first episode and he misses his like first day of work so Love decides to go to his house and show him around Los Angeles to the point where it's like this really cute like scene where you would see in a romantic movie where the girl who's a chef takes the guy who's a noob around the city to show him all the great places where you can find all the best food. And she says, she tells him, she finally brings him back to a Inavarin where she makes him roast chicken because he likes things that are simple. And she says that what seduces you is the real thing and she knows that he has felt real love and real loss because she can see it in people's eyes. and. She says that he likes things that are smart and complex and a little dark. And we learn at the end of the season that Love figured out that Joe killed Beck. She knew knew that he killed her and Love understood why he did it because he did it for love or whatever. And Joe throughout the season is being haunted by Beck's ghost and Beck's ghost is trying to confront him and at first Joe is basically saying that you know he is not gonna say that whenever Joe sees Beck's ghost he's freaked out and he feels like he should push himself away from love because he's afraid he's going to hurt her the same way he hurt love and at first when he sees Beck's ghost he doesn't believe that he hurt her he thinks that he did everything he could for her. But uh, eventually Beck takes off the scarf. The Beck's ghost takes off the scarf and we see that Joe strangled her to death. And when you strangle someone to death, you don't do that because you love them. You do that because you have a hate and fury inside of you, and you bring that out in them. And he obviously hurt him. He like she he obviously hurt her. You know, and love says to joe like joe tells love that he hurt his ex but he doesn't say like how and he says that he doesn't want to do that to her and love says that we all know the risk and that she will take care of herself if he takes care of himself and i kind of wish that when i was watching this season two i kind of picked up on how love all along was um like joe and you know her i feel like even 40 was trying to hint to us that because at one point um 40 and joe go to this like exclusive celebrity party and 40 is so sad you know he wants to make love proud because he talks about how hard it is to disappoint someone who is so perfect and it shows that love has such a huge sense of self worth and superior self justification that it just carries on to other people, and people see that in her. You know, and people see her as this put together person who is this kitchen manager, and she's not so hung up over her husband's death and that she's strong, that she's a warrior. Even her friends see that about her, and her friends are a lot better than Beck's friends in the show. Like, her friends are a lot more put together and more interesting. But, uh,. I don't know, I think that love, I think love was like the perfect, it's kind of like this perfect tool to show how even women can be creepy and a little off the rocker sometimes and they can be damaged goods as well, you know 40, I liked I kind of like 40 even though he was kind of entitled and he was kind of sick in the head and he had to he wanted to write a script for Beck's book and in order to do that, he locked him, Joe, and Ellie, Delilah's sister, in a room in order to get that done, even though that's a little too much. Um, I feel like in the end, Forty was manipulated as well and we see that like it's a lot, you know? This season was a lot, like a lot happened in the season. I have to say I really like Delilah's character in this season. I think she was really great and amazing. I liked that she was a landlord and a reporter and she was following the stories of people in Hollywood who are bad guys and not good people and she was trying to expose them and I like the fact that we had this angle of Delilah where she opens up about being assaulted by this celebrity Henderson who beat cancer and how people really liked him but Henderson was obviously this person who preyed on younger girls, and Ellie's Ellie, the little sister, was going to be someone like that. And so at one point, Ellie goes to Henderson's house to work on something with him, and she shows him her short film, and Joe sneaks into his house, Henderson's house, and we see that Henderson is going to drug Ellie, so then Joe drugs Henderson as well when Henderson doesn't see and Joe ties Henderson up in his like creepy sex dungeon where he obviously took pictures of younger girls and tried to get him to confess confess. and Henderson confesses but you know then he tries to like escape and then Joe shoves Henderson down the stairs and Henderson dies and there are those moments in the show where Joe does something good for once like when he kills Ron who was Claudia's abusive boyfriend and Paco's like abusive father figure in a way in season one when he kills Ron like that's like one of the good things he did but he's still a murderer you know he's still someone who kills people and even though he feels bad for it he does it with like it happens so often that like it seems like an accident but is it really an accident like is it really something that he did like like that wasn't on purpose because I can't help but think it wasn't on purpose. But uh, season two, I think, tried to show Joe in this light where he has to basically come clean and fess up, and he has to like face the things that he's done. And at the end of season two, Joe thinks that he's done with excuses and blaming everyone else for the things that he's done, and he wants to take responsibility for his crimes. Uh, Near the end of season two. Joe and Delilah kind of start dating and then Delilah starts snooping around Joe's apartment and sees a key and she finds out this key is a key to the glass cage and Joe knows that Delilah was trying to get in his storage unit because he installed a nanny cam in his apartment because earlier in the season Candace broke into Joe's apartment to try to find out anything about him but the thing is earlier in the season... Love was suspicious of Candace because Candace pretended to be a girl named Amy who was dating 40 and Candace was just pretending to be Amy to try and get Love to believe her, to try and warn Love but Love already knew that uh, Joe was this person and eventually Candace left and Delilah is in the cage now and Joe says that he wanted to keep Delilah alive but in the end, Love kills Delilah and Love has his plan to pin it on Ellie and that Ellie can come up as this person raised by the Quinn family and that they can adopt her and take her under their wing. And we see that Joe is a criminal but he doesn't always think things through and Love is a criminal and she accepts that she's a criminal and she always is 10 steps ahead. You know, Love became obsessed with Joe and we don't really see it because we see Love's love for Joe as a love, but it is obsession when you, like, rewatch this season. And Love realized that Joe, that Beck was unspecial and mediocre, and she thought that he was passionate and devoted because of the cage, and she said that you do bad things when you're sensitive. And in that moment, Joe doesn't think that they can be together, you know, because Love... Wanted to do whatever she, was. Love was ready to do whatever she could, so that she and Joe could be together. Because she saw Joe as her soulmate, and it's kind of like in season one when Beck is in the cage, and Joe confesses to Beck all the bad things that he's done, and he confesses all these things to her, because he wants to help her. Right, he did these things because he wants to help her he wants her to see that he did all this for them he did all this because he loves her and he wants her to see he wants her to see all the good that he's done and to accept it and to like be proud and to be impressed with everything that he's done so that they can be together and Becca's creeped out by it obviously and she's freaked out by it and in the end she does write her book but in the end she tries to run away you know and we see that Joe is freaked out by love, and how love was ten steps away, ten steps ahead of him and in the end, Joe we learn that Joe doesn't really love love because he was ready to kill her when he led her into the cage, but love says that she's pregnant, and it's Joe's, and also in the season two, she was dating this guy from Sweden. She was sleeping with him, trying to make Joe jealous, and she wanted Joe to kill him so that she could see his passion, which is like, okay girl, whatever. But Joe doesn't hurt the Sweden guy, obviously, and she says that she always used protection with the Sweden guy, and she tells Joe that the baby is his. And so Joe sticks around with love, and they stay together. Joe helps LB run away, and Forty knows all about Joe and everything that he's done because he's cracked the code and um, Joe Forty basically threatens to kill Joe but instead a police officer who's been following Joe in love all around all day kills Forty instead because he thinks that Forty killed Henderson because the Henderson investigation is open and still something that was really a big deal at the time of the season and the show the show displays how even though Joe does all these bad things, and Joe is a terrible person, in the end, he's not really going to face punishment for his crimes or have to take responsibility for his crimes. And a lot of times, in the end, Joe, there, Joe has this pattern of lying and stalking and killing people. And even though Quinn is a better liar than Joe, she's just as broken as him, and to think that them being together is going to fix each other or somehow make each other whole that's a lie that they tell themselves and that, and Joe really needs to in the end be caught and he has to be punished for what he's done but sometimes the punishment that you think you deserve is not the punishment you get, it may be being with love is the punishment he deserves in the end, maybe that's the punishment he needs to be with someone who is a bit more broken than she he is, but a lot more accepting in their brokenness and sees their brokenness as strength in a way, you know. In the end of the season, Candace sees Joe next to Delilah's dead body in the glass cage and Candace thinks that this is it and she thinks that love will believe her, but in the end love kills Candace and it's heartbreaking because Candace doesn't really get her happy ending and love and Joe do. And it's heartbreaking because Candace was, like, basically the representation of, like, every normal girl who's just simple and nice and sweet. And she got caught up with a bad guy, and in the end, she just wanted revenge. She wants someone to believe her. She wants someone to validate her story. She wants someone to see her and see that she was hurt and broken. But in the end, she dies, and it's terrible, and she's forgotten in the end, and her story is buried under theirs. And it breaks my heart, but, um... I think that Joe is kind of stuck in his own level of hell, where he has to be with someone who is like him, but a bit more advanced than he is, and that's basically it. I think that the fixation and the possessive love that Joe and love have for each other is not going to be healthy on their child, but Joe is also fixated on his neighbor now, And I think that there are a lot of uh, theories around who the neighbor is and what's going to happen with the neighbor. And I'm interested to see what happens in season three. I know it's going to come out next year in April, so I can't wait for that. And yeah, that's about it. Uh, I hope you guys really like this. And please subscribe on um, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. And I will see you guys in the next podcast. Thank you so much and stay blessed.